Hi, my name's Michael and welcome to Today Dreamer, a podcast and YouTube channel that examines the interplay between inner work and outer work. Through conscious conversations and practical walkthroughs, we'll be exploring ideas and practices to help you find a deeper sense of clarity, develop your focus and take meaningful action. I hope you love the show. Hey, I hope you're doing well. And I wanted to first off start by saying that I appreciate your presence here with me today in this moment. I had a conversation recently that was deeply meaningful to me and I'm happy to, I feel privileged to be able to share it with you in this episode. It's around transformation, wisdom and meaning and it was with a philosopher called Tim Adelin. I came across some of Tim's art online and I felt like it really connected with the thoughts that were swirling around in my mind. I felt compelled to reach out and he agreed to have a conversation with me and the conversation felt real, it felt natural and it, and it felt like it was coming from an authentic place within and, and we were creating something together. And that that's kind of what Tim does. He holds spaces for people to connect and have conversations you know, without a specific outcome in mind, but rather to help us all move towards a more beautiful world. So I just thought that was amazing and, and I really wanted to connect with him and share his wisdom and and learn from him so that I can then move out there and, and um, improve on, on the way that I was doing things. Um, I've learned recently that the consideration of our words is quite important. Uh, holding our words as golden, thinking and 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 feeling into what we say, rather than kind of just unconsciously spewing a splurge of of nonsense out there. And it's something I've, I'm struggling with, but I'm working through at the moment. And I hope that's only going to kind of make what I put out there for you guys more valuable and more useful. So. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. We touched on some very important themes like vulnerability and um, moving towards or moving into life, I guess, from a place of feeling and thinking, finding the balance between the two and and finding our way through the fog individually and, and collectively. So that's all I want to say. If you're enjoying the, if you're enjoying what I'm sharing with you, then I encourage you to share it with a friend that might be able to get some use out of it and consider subscribing so you don't miss out on any upcoming releases. Here's my conversation with Tim Adeline and yeah. How are you? I'm feeling, I always get a, a little bit nervous uh, before conversations. It's this, it's this feeling that I guess mm-hmm. no matter how many you have, it never really seems to go away. Hmm. Yeah, there's something about the feeling of judgment that I think is involved somewhere along the line there. Mm. You know, maybe like what will come of this? How will it be perceived? Am I, am I showing 
enough or the right things is this you know what happens if i slip up mm. um but then also hope as well this weird thing about expectations it's it's a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it sure is yeah and it's it can be <laughs> i yeah i don't know it can be something that i guess can hold us back in a lot of ways and can can uh, can kind of stop us from stop us from you know doing things that we may we may be called to do and it creates this sense mm. of this fear and yeah it definitely is a motherfucker that's all i'm trying to say <laughs> mm. yeah mm. yeah um Well, it would be interesting to inquire more deeply into it, of course, because there's a um, also an excitement to potentiality as well. And, you know, so there's a kind of nerves in terms of a an opening mm. before me. And then there's um, nerves in terms of like, um, it's, like it's, that, it's a dynamic between vulnerability and exposure. It's like, will this be a place in which that you sort of, you know, offering yourself up for a certain kind of growth but in that space there's also um you know there are things you maybe don't understand um and cannot quite predict and who knows what sort of subterranean forces might have their way and um you know will you end up being exposed somehow and and it's that exposure that is difficult to well, let's say it provides different obstacles on the path towards growth. If we want to remain open to a sort of a growthful view, ultimately, there's certainly a sense which, you know, a kind of um, a premature and otherwise inappropriate closure of potentiality is, um, you know, it's not so far away from some notion of evil, maybe. Um, and I think we, we are we are right to be wary of such things. You know, we kind of put ourselves out there and the world is much bigger than us from some perspectives. And there's risk associated with that, but it seems like the very tuning into just what at least those feelings are and um, sort of where we find each other in that shared place is itself um well a way through yeah yeah and and i believe that with with this risk i guess comes a lot of opportunity that wouldn't be there without the risk and mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to find a way to i guess overcome those initial feelings which they do seem quite natural opens mm. up the opportunity for this space to exist and then you know who knows where that that space that that we co-create can take us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it does i guess come yeah. back to finding a way and this is obviously individual for everyone to keep moving in spite of that initial kind of confrontation Hmm. Yeah. 
it's um yeah how to um front up with the truth of what you have and how to allow oneself to then surrender to the the co-creative space you know the shared space between or the emergence of that new dynamic so letting go you know um believing in oneself enough believing in one's worthiness enough dignifying oneself and the other enough to step forward and then letting go but not in a way that um denies importantly the integrity of the process and without an indignity done to the um the dignified intention to in fact show up so yeah looks like we're doing our best i mean that's all we can really do there's something there's something really nice about that that or comforting for me personally about that feeling of doing my best and there's been there's been times in my life when i can honestly look back and, and say to myself that i haven't done that and there's certain feelings that arise uh, from that recognition but it also kind of strengthens my will to continue to do that moving forward and i feel as though we can be harsh on ourselves at times and being able to give things our best shot and then you know however the however everything falls after that allowing again letting go to that peace is it seems to be quite valuable instead of holding on to a certain expectation or an outcome but definitely mm -hmm. you know trying our very best at and showing up um which is a kind of the term i feel i've heard it in, in from a lot of different people recently and it's something that really means something to me and i've heard a lot of different definitions and I, I was wondering if if you could maybe share your own. Sure. A term to to what precisely? Showing up, and I guess um, showing mm -hmm. up in in the world or or to your life. Mm -hmm. So, are you familiar with integral theory? No. So a writer and philosopher by the name of Ken Wilber created and has now, you know, um, over, I think about five decades or so, at least four to five decades, cultivated what is a very interesting, large, network group of people who well take his ideas quite seriously and they are an integration of many different philosophical ideas and traditions um the term showing up is used like this in that way of thinking about things you have a kind of waking up and then i believe growing up and then a cleaning up and then a showing up. So I'm not going to articulate 
how those terms are used in integral theory precisely, but it is a sort of interesting way into considering the, at the very least, a kind of process or a context that will helpfully inform our understanding of what it is to show up. Um, because while it is that we find ourselves always presented with an opportunity to, let's say, be present with what is, and in that sense, reality as we experience it is imminent, you know, um, we also develop ourselves. And obviously we grow up from babies and we come from this long evolutionary lineage and we have to learn a lot and what we learn and how we develop affects how it is we show up. So, you know, we can show up in more or less helpful ways. A definition of showing up would be something like uh, one's impact, one's relational impact, um, one's necessary relational impact in a particular context. That might be a decent, decent first crack as some sort of definition. Hmm. Yeah. How does that land with you? Yeah, that, that totally fits in to kind of my idea of it as well. And yeah, I guess the question arises, at least for me right now, without, I guess, how do we, how do we actually, um, and forgive me if, if you might not be the best person to ask, but I feel like you might be as well. How do we find where we sit in that spectrum? And I guess how do we once we once we realize maybe there's some kind of a hesitation or some kind of a gap, you know, how do we kind of make sense of it all and, and move more towards that space of of making that intentional kind of impact? within that context? So the question might be something like, how can we come to a deepened awareness of ourselves such that we become more aware of how it is we are already interacting and already showing up such that we might meaningfully make a choice or come from a place of intentionality to have to take an intention to show up differently so it seems like the question is in part to do with how can we come to know ourselves how does that sound it sounds good but is there a point between kind of understanding and actually moving is there is there is there kind of there, there seems to be for me kind of like a stepping into or kind of this phase of of movement that needs to take place once all these things are understood or at least 
one once one person has an un- understanding of or, or has an idea of of where they might lay in that spectrum so mm-hmm. from that point mm-hmm. okay it's a bit more clear yeah yeah um so it's quite subtle i think this it's quite subtle and there's plenty of room for a further transformation of this inquiry it it kind of depends how subtle one is capable of being regarding how they're already acting and what they're already doing Um, it doesn't seem to me like we can consider ourselves outside of the picture of showing up you know there's no like sort of absolute vacuum of non-relation that we can be in so we're always involved with reality even if we just take the and it's why it's kind of interesting to begin with self-inquiry just from this perspective because if we attend to experience to the extent we can right there is stuff happening there's stuff going on right so there's orientations within self already there's things popping up and often those things that are popping up are things we're already doing right we don't quite have the distance maybe between what the stimulus is in the world and the automatic response we have to it um and so so part of what i'm hearing you interested to get at which is a very it's quite a subtle place again is is that what is the um how can we become aware of what actions we are taking um, so that we might see so, so 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 let's so let's let me ask are you are you more interested in the actions we can identify physically taking in the world let's say we've just made a remark to someone that came from a place of anger or frustration and we can tell that it's not really helping we're kind of going around in circles for a second and then we cut suddenly realize hang on a second we've been going around in circles for the last two hours and it's been a very negative experience and i kind of would like to change that there's all these actions that have taken place so we can become aware of or are we interested in considering hmm, what is it what is the process in consciousness of coming into awareness of how we orient perhaps before we actuate on more visible patterns of behavior for me that for me they're both kind of actions it's just one is a kind of it's an orientation that's um, a more subtle maneuvering of potentiality kind of in consciousness before we've kind of gone out and you know really actuated it in the in the physical world am i am i am i right in thinking that there's some kind of tension there in you that you're interested at and i'm sorry if i'm not quite grasping yeah i i feel like i feel like it's closer with the second example that you gave and I am very curious about this. It just seems to me that it's interesting how we got to this point, <laughs> but it seems to me mm-hmm. that then 
there needs to be kind of um, some some movement once we once we realize or once we've kind of oriented ourselves in a certain direction. But but that like everything's constantly changing, and 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 so is so is that direction, I guess, in a way, in very subtle ways. And and then there's a space between kind of action and then reflection for lack of a better word but this kind of continuous fluctuation that takes place is is what i'm kind of interested in at the moment Mm -hmm. yes yeah movement movement was the word that i didn't weave into that expression yeah um Well, things that are too static don't have much life in them. But it seems to me we are always, in fact, moving, but we can kind of forget or we cannot be aware of movements we're already making. And so that's part of that's part of it. It's kind of like when we become aware of how we're already acting in the world, there's already loads of movement going on, in fact, already. So if we can become aware of, let's take the example of uh, the, the, the feeling, you know, rising through the body, um, kind of like a reactive moment of anger or a projecting out one's frustrations onto someone else or, you know, the classic case of like, smashing your computer or something like that you know it wasn't the case that it was all kind of static before that there was all this energy that was doing something and now that we've become aware of it if we can take a moment and just for a brief second gain a little bit of distance a bit of we could say metacognitive awareness or you know that's one that's one way of uh, framing what it is to kind of engage oneself consciously then in a process of transformation or kind of a reorientation um well we can begin to reorient and that changes the movement right because before the movement would have taken you into hitting that thing but now you're not i mean there's it's still it's still a movement of a kind it's opened up a whole range of different possibilities you know it's it's moved potential yeah um it might not have moved the computer screen you're about to hit but in coming into a certain kind of awareness acting from for a moment a bit of intention this does in fact beautifully open up different possibilities that can be followed and okay we begin to make more um, choices that are perhaps in a, a kind of more of an alignment with um, vitality or growth, or we have to say some more things about this, then maybe we can begin to flow. Um, but, you know, there's more things to be said about that. Um, it seems like there's movement always there, willing to be, there's always a new wave, right? There's always a new wave to jump on. The trajectory is always there to, re, to reset oneself towards something better, towards a deeper harmony towards deeper appreciation. So, and it, it doesn't always feel like that, of course, you know, sometimes you might just feel like I'm absolutely stuck. I don't know where to go at all. But um, even then it seems like 
there's still a process that's that's going on and things are still moving even though it's it it's almost as if sometimes a lot of the things are invisible and but we can you know once upon hindsight we can kind of see them a little bit more clearly yes and well this is what the practice of attending to the breath can help teach of course mm. is that to the extent uh one is <laughs> i don't know alive there is breath yeah and um it's kind of like oh maybe you breathed it all out and it's that space between and you're like if you just woke up in it you'd be like well which way is up but we in fact find ourselves beautifully carried along by a natural process of breathing in and breathing out and reorienting one from the other can feel um very strange but this is where something like trust comes in and there is a certain kind of um hope even but hope in the sense of um opening oneself to a stance where one can accept the opportunity presented that one was hopeful for you know not kind of like a hope and then just shutting one's eyes but you know an attentive hope you know a willing hope um words like faith are nice as well i feel i feel as though that that connection to the breath i had a, had a recent conversation with dan brule actually he's he's a, a breathwork coach and he talks about this it was very fascinating he talks about this that link between the conscious and the unconscious breath and the link between the breath and the emotions and how in a way if you if you're able to grasp uh that conscious breathing you're able to actually um, orient your emotions in in a certain direction that can obviously open up to some of these opportunities that you're talking about but i've just realized that just by i guess observing the way you breathe when you have conversations that you can actually open up opportunities for others and and other people within that space to let down their guard as well and and be vulnerable is that an intentional thing that you do or is it just something that comes along with you breathing into the moments that you encounter hmm You know, it's, it's kind of interesting how much we make our intentions explicit. I'm not sure how much I make my intentions explicit with language. I can make them explicit with language. And the practice of articulation that strives towards impeccability is a beautiful one. But I don't generally crystallize intentions for relationships in that way. There's a deeper sense of well, just right now, even it's kind of a natural thing. It's like a resetting. It's a slowing down. It's tending to a channel of communication. And 
each channel is unique and it's not clear what best serves that channel until we begin to explore it together. We can say some things about what it is, you know, to um, have certain values, you know, to hold oneself to an ethical standard of some sort of integrity and to be for the dignity and the potential in others. And then there's something about feeling into what that seeking energy of collaboration and co-creation and being together is, which must be tended in its own unique way. And yeah, so I like to tend to that and my sense is that slowing down resetting with the breath generally speaking attuning to a kind of rhythm of communication that seems naturally to the extent that that channel of communication is tended to well moves in the direction of breathing together. And that breathing together seems to be kind of a mystical and beautiful thing. And I'm not sure how much of that is metaphor and I'm not sure how much of that is somewhat more literal than metaphor but it seems like to me that we have trouble breathing together now trusting in the breath both ways there's a peacefulness to that and especially in our time at the moment and throughout much of history for various reasons. Peace has not been a particularly abundant thing in many parts of the world. Um, hmm. Yeah. I feel like Just while you were while you were saying that, it seems like a, a strong theme in in our conversation is vulnerab vulnerability and opening up to being vulnerable and allowing kind of a feeling of of realness, um, a natural feeling to kind of come through and and tuning in I guess or choosing that channel 
intentionally or even naturally is is an important part of that mm. and connecting and and connecting with others so that we're kind of matching vibes so that we can then mm. you know breathe together like you said and and kind of see where that takes us it it feels right and i hope what i'm saying is making sense yeah this is just kind of how i'm perceiving it absolutely yeah and yeah it's a beautiful mm. thing that intention um the intention certainly is there it's kind of a disposition yeah it's a disposition of openness that is for sure the intention um to uh, you know there's some beautiful cliches that we just can't do much better than you know ram das's be here now be here now the intention to be here now together um Mm, to be for life in some deep sense to appreciate life to be open to the fullest one can to life um, the fullest that is appropriate see intending to the channel there are things that may be dissonant to the mm, creation of that channel which you know require a certain sort of response so yes it's something it, it looks like it was interesting what you said the kind of um whether like it's important to cultivate an intention but then you also mentioned well it's natural too yes bringing the natural and the kind of metacognitive inten intentional level together into an alignment of we might say here use words like mind body heart soul whatever domain of whatever domains or whatever terms we like to use to refer to the totality of the human experience as it shows up in the world, as it shows up with others, how to have those come into some sort of alignment with each other to be integral, to be integrous, to have a wholeness to its structure. Um, that seems to be like a, like a, a good thing to, to aim for then to, to aspire towards, to have the aspiration um, and at the same time as it's an aspiration, there's also a sense in which in, uh, in meeting that space, it is as if one comes to remember it again. And you'll hear this often. You've probably had many conversations. People might use the language of remembering, a certain sense of remembering what it is to be a human being, to come home um, I think it's beautiful and important language. So to, to wake up then is in some sense to remember, um, but it does seem to me to be a bi-directional thing like the breath. There is remembrance and there is an aspiration and we have a going out and coming back, expanding and contracting. Um, 
that's at least how it feels appropriate for me to communicate the framing that is most resonant to me in these kind of matters. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It seems something I'm it's not really struggling with, but I'm I feel like I'm aware of is the idea of the word natural as well. And I feel like wherever we are is a natural occurrence from wherever we've come from. So in a sense, everything is totally natural. But I also feel as though there is something forgotten. And mm. I mean, for good mm. reason, there's definitely, you know, things that have led led to this this place where we find ourselves as there is with any space. And yeah, I also I also do appreciate that language and it is quite nice. There seems to be something to do with this is the thing that this is the thing I'm just kind of playing with at the moment. Something to do with allowing and sinking back into that remembrance. But also in some way there needs to be a little bit of effort to allow, if that makes sense. So you're kind of maybe effort's not the right word, but you're allowing but you're doing it with intention, with will of some sort. You're choosing to allow, I guess, in some way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this idea of vibes keeps coming to me. And, and by vibes, I mean this I- invisible thing that's, that's present in, you know, in, in our relationships with anything, with other people and with the world around us, this, this energy that, we may not be able to see, although sometimes we can, but it's, 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 for example, if I grab this book and I slam it down on the table and make a big noise, that creates a feeling, I guess, and we will both experience that. And being aware of, of our kind of the footprints that we create as we tread into any space and, and I don't know, and it it might not come back to kind of some specific ways to approach things or, you know, a bullet point or a list of things to do in certain situations. But again, coming back to finding that way to sink into that remembrance and then everything will kind of naturally flow from there. Mm. Yeah, the word remembrance there's a a man who lives in Byron Bay. His name's Jiro Taylor, J-I-R-O Taylor. Um, and he writes quite wonderfully about remembrance and presence. And I'm not sure exactly if Jiro and I share the same language and perhaps even share the same framework when it comes to just what remembrance is in relationship to a deeper process. But he writes so beautifully that it's worth, um, it's worth pointing some energy in that direction. And it feels appropriate to mention him because of how much he um, uses that term. Uh, there's a another term that comes from, mm, I forget the exact language. It's an 
it's a, either an Indian or some Eastern language. The term is sati. It's to kind of remember, wake up to and remember the being mode, which is also where I take probably most of my influence for in using that kind of term. There's a sense of coming back into touch with what really matters, or at least coming back into touch with a certain necessary aspect of what really matters. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm curious, Michael, we've begun this conversation by jumping right in, not that it felt like much of a jump. Let's say we slipped right into a, a stream of expression here around this, um, Hmm. This subtlety of perception. And I'm curious as to how these themes relate to what you're doing more broadly and what your project is aimed at and how you find yourself showing up in the world. Well, I guess it, it has to do with my own struggle, my own struggle with some of these themes and and I guess recognizing a struggle within others as well. And on some level, I feel like we all kind of face a lot of these themes in our own different ways. In terms of me showing up, I feel as though there's this kind of connectedness again it's another kind of overused term but one that i i can't really find a better way to explain or describe and that is that that inner sense of knowing connecting to that in some form and then and then i guess wrestling with my own hesitation to to move in that direction um has been something that I've been doing for a long time and, and maybe not so aware of for a lot of my life. Tell me about that direction. What have you seen? For me, I feel like the picture isn't, isn't super clear. And I believe that that's kind of part of it. I think if there was a certainty to this story, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this, it, it just, just wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the best way I, c I can put it. But I, f I feel like what I've seen is, is I guess an opportunity for a different world and a connectedness between my own actions and uh, again, a lot of people might find this a little bit strange to kind of take in and, and might not be able to connect with it, but it's kind of my truth. And that is that there's, there's some kind of a connection between what I'm going through 
and how I choose to show up in the world and to what's going on in the bigger picture of things and what's and, mm. and what's happening with everyone. And there's this there's mm. this link there that kind of over and over again seems to be seems to be present. And I feel as though part of part of this picture, because it's definitely not the whole thing, is a, a, a need for or a calling for movements with with meaning behind them, moving in the direction of of something that's meaningful. And I and I feel like there's a lot of noise out there at the moment, and it's easy to be distracted by the noise, caught up in it, and and follow follow the noise for a while. But there are also ways to I guess step away from that for a moment, and come back to that sense of remembrance, connect back to that sense of inner knowing, and then choose to move in 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 that direction and this is just something that's mm -hmm. kind of you're asking me about the the picture the the kind of what what that knowing is telling me but the, it's it's weird because what i'm explaining is actually describing that feeling but at the same time it's it's what has come from that feeling if that makes any sense yeah yeah well i, I like a lot that you're describing a process um, in my way of expressing some of this kind of stuff, so the Jungian notion of the self sits in the groundless ground of the psyche. It is not the ego. It is not merely the subconscious and neither is it the kind of Freudian id of unconscious impulses. It's instead something like hmm something like a blueprint of potentiality. Now, maybe a blueprint is just potentiality, but there's a certain fixedness to many blueprints. It's not so much a blueprint like something that's been written down and has already been made, but it is something to be realized and it's also something that realizes itself it's again a bi-directional movement there's a sense in which the self propels us from an ember there's an ember in the heart and the self is also met and heard like the calling of an echo so there's an ember and an echo. And so the movement itself is meaningful. There's meaning in the directionality. 
the directionality is itself aspirational. So it's, again, not something that's appropriate to put a box around and just fix as you've begun to articulate. We can think about, take a step back and consider um, life itself, maybe the process of cosmic evolution itself, the cosmos at large, hey? Well, we can think of the natural world as we encounter it. That, that, that shit is complex, you know? That ecology is comprised of relationships upon relationships upon relationships, interdependencies upon interdependencies. And to box up any one part of it necessarily cuts away from the interdependencies of the whole. Now, that doesn't mean we can't helpfully cut things up and understand particular functions within a box. We have to be wary when we do it. And so it's kind of something like this when I consider vision. We are, you know, we are walking through dark gardens often and we begin to feel out what's there. Um, and maybe there are some people in that garden or along the path, we can say, we can see some sort of light in the distance. We're not quite sure what that light indicates, but it's a direction of orientation. And as we take a step bravely, then we're in a new position and we begin to see a little bit more of what's around us. And maybe we can begin to see some other lights that have been lifted and are themselves orienting in a particular direction. Maybe we can begin to see what kind of patterns emerge in those lights. We can become to be in relationship with those lights. And well, of course, things are changing all along the way. And there's something beautiful and unending about the grandness of that process. But you know, it's a deep thing to consider the degree to which things truly are open. It does seem to me to be the case that they are. It's a foundational axiom of this whole way of thinking that potentiality itself is a domain, is a feature rather of ontology of what there is itself that the potential is as real as the actual but you know it's been a feature of human thinking for a long time that actually the world as we know it is coming to an end and that there is a directionality of history which comes to a point of closure some time of rapture or Armageddon or end times. And there's a sense in which this requirement of an ending of a fixed goalpost to move towards has been a deep security attachment, a security type function of meaning making systems themselves. And it seems to be the case that how we move 
together, how we move within ourselves can seem to come to snag itself on fixed conceptions of things, on fixed goalposts. Essentially, by the very nature of how it is we come to realize there are lights ahead, it's a similar process because we see the light ahead, we begin to move towards it. And all of a sudden, well, that's the thing we're moving towards and I'm just going to keep on going. And maybe I forget to look around. Maybe I don't manage to see more clearly that that light might be something more akin to a mirage. And that if I raise my head a little bit more, and that's just one metaphorical way of looking at it. It's definitely not exhaustive. There might be as yet some more vital pulse to tune into because the seeing is just one metaphor. And that's the thing. It's not so much even that it's a matter of um, seeing in terms of vision, in terms of eyesight, although that's a big part of it. We also have these other ways of paying attention. Obviously we hear and we touch and all these kind of things. So, more mystically, it's even more bewildering than all of that and even harder to box up because all of the information that we're taking in and filtering, it is a multi-dimensional, well, big old pattern, series of patterns, a manifold of complexity and somehow we tune through all of that to come to some deepening sense of what it is we are in relationship with. I sense that got fairly abstract there at the end. I, f I feel to bring it back down and I'm, and I'm with you with all of that and I, and I completely feel the, the, the depth of, of what you just kind of went through i feel connecting back again i use this word feeling a lot connecting back or feeling that where that internal compass is sitting when those lights are changing finding those ways is kind of what i'm trying to uncover or explore and and the best way to go about doing that because that's not quite clear for me at this point. So there's a little bit of experimentation that needs to kind of take place as, as we do with every next step, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. And, and that's, that connects with, with what I'm experiencing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think part of that process, like bringing it back to myself for a moment, is is like you said earlier is one piece of that puzzle is finding a way to better articulate and express myself but also finding a way to only because it it really helps me as i discover a new piece to the puzzle to share it and and i'm looking for better ways to discover the puzzle pieces while also find better ways to share them as well and I think a big part of that is coming together with a sense of, I guess, 
collaboration, communication, community, togetherness. And I feel as though a lot of people out there are, are crying out for that kind of a thing because it's something that we've been deprived of just because of the very nature of things. Yeah, we have been deprived of belonging in structures which also belong to us. It's a mutual belonging. You know, the world, of course, we do not own. Um, would it be nice to belong to it? Yes. To have a home with others. For that home to be part of a neighborhood. For that neighborhood to be part of something broader. You know, and for that something broader to ultimately be connected with in a sense of care, the pulsating ecology of the world around us. This is, um, this is a quite beautiful vision, I think. And for some, it might sound utopian, but it doesn't seem as though if one wanted to value life, and appreciate the opportunity to exist at all there is in fact another option something that comes to me now and it was something that it's something that i've been considering lately as well is is the and, and I, i'd like you to i'd like to invite you to i guess i don't know open up to see how this sits with you but it's also, I'm not sure if this is the right way to say it, but even the possibility of allowing all that to kind of fall apart and for there to be some kind of, I don't know, like a cycle, acceptance of, of a natural cycle that takes place. And in, in some sense, striving towards a more beautiful world but at the same in the same breath kind of being okay and coming back to that idea of allowing the things are exactly the way they are and 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 kind of the idea that for example that everything may come to an end might be part of a natural cycle and and that's kind of that may be kind of just a beautiful thing in itself Yes. Well, of course, fixed things come to an end. But I, I suppose it depends on what way one wishes to go out and the appropriateness of one's going out. And it does seem to me that in the world there is much that would incentivize the going out with a bitter whimper that I think is unbecoming of valuing life. 
yeah, I just, I just heard this expression this morning, and, I, and it was on an audiobook I was listening to, and it was, it was I can't remember the exact expression, but it was talking about yin and yang, and when the yang gets to a certain point, it was a reference to ancient Chinese medicine. Actually, when the, when the yang gets to a certain point, it it kind of brings about the next cycle for the for the yin to kind of begin, but it it did say that there was a, a a point of no return i guess where the yang kind of where where for example if if one's body when we're talking about chinese medicine if it's gone past the point of no return it's gone kind of there's 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 some something that i guess takes over from that point and and it's kind of it's finished it doesn't it doesn't get a chance to renew that cycle into the yin and it was it was fascinating. Mm. It just made me think about what's happening at the moment, and this consideration of, I guess, another cliche that it's never too late, and just kind of matching those two up with one another. Um, mm -hmm. But either way, like you said, if, if you're going to go out, then how do you want to kind of approach that as well? That's an interesting point yeah well you raise some you raise some really beautiful tensions and i appreciate them hmm let's see if we can begin with the question of how it is we might wish to go out It would be a sad thing, a tragic thing, I think, if um, one lived in such a way that did not open for itself and for others the potentialities for appreciation and love that it could. we have an opportunity we have an opportunity to live well and fully there's a philosopher named forrest landry he speaks about the importance of living well and fully among many other things well in terms of and now i speak with my own language although of course i'm influenced by all i am influenced by to live well would be to appreciate and savor and utterly live to the fullness of what was possible, that which presented to oneself, that which came to be actualized, and to live fully although I sort of used that word already. Well, let's say would be to open oneself to the fullest degree of potential. Uh, and does that stop at the individual or does that, where does the individual stop exactly? I mean, 
these potentialities we're speaking about, they are potentialities of relationship. They are potentialities of co-creation. So this notion then of world making, of creating together, of choosing to create a better world together is itself a, um, is an imperative of a life lived well and fully, it seems to me. Now, this question of the importance and necessity of letting go so that new growth can emerge, detaching so that new growth can begin, more attachments can be made, new children to be born, both leading and following to occur in their turn. Breathing, in fact, to occur. Yeah, breathing in and breathing out. The tension between the necessity of letting go and the, I think, confusion, if I can say, the confusion that the track we're on is outside of our capacity to orient, right? That we just have to let things burn from that negative sense. Just want to watch, just, 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 just let it all burn to the ground. It's like, well, why do we have firefighters then? You know, should we just let the fires burn down everything we care about? You know, so more new growth can occur. There's nothing valuable to the human being. There's nothing valuable. There's, there's nothing intrinsic and imminent to love. You know, we are of this earth. We are of this, this emergent wave of complexity that um, a man named Greg Henriquez, his phrase, a wave of behavioral complexity is referring to something a different framework but you know we are of this earth we are we are of this cosmos we are deeply involved in choosing not from a place of ownership you know but from a place of reciprocity with beauty you know with love with potential it's a it's an it's an absolute miracle that any of this is happening at all you know and i think it's a i think it is it is a, it is a, a, as deep as you could possibly say that that life is to be treasured and cared for there is no life without the valuing of life for itself by itself which is ultimately and necessarily extended to all it's unconditional. Yeah. But, but it becomes caught, it becomes snagged, it becomes fixed. It, um, it is scared of letting go, but love's the only thing that can actually let go. Power can't let go, which is the reason for me that love is stronger than power. Strength is not it comes to me now, there's no need to speak about love as strong. It just is, you know, it, because it is the breath 
in and out. You know, it is the essence of what enables harmony at all. So we find ourselves now as human beings with a very challenged and pained relationship between love and power. Power might be something like actuation capacity, okay? how well we can move things within given domains, um, how well we've been able to optimize, how well we can enact a particular choice in a particular domain for a particular purpose. Because in some sense, it seems like power functions once there is established framework to be preserved, right? My hierarchy, I'm protecting something that's mine. It's an ownership thing again. And uh, power can't let go of that. So what is greater than power? What is greater than oneself? This is where, you know, the sages and poets and musicians, theologians, anyone for a moment touched by the religious impulse, which is every human being. Towards that ineffable sense of being and valuing and a deep involvement in that. It's not separate to us. It is of us. We are it. Being for that. How can we orient together? Lit by the flame of being for life. This is, this is a beautiful question, I think. Wow. <laughs> that just that just kind of soared up, you know, through through my being and and lit me up. Just 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 the consideration of of that question did something to me. <laughs> hmm. To be honest, I'm not really sure where to go from that point. <laughs> but it was a beautiful one. Well, <laughs> yeah. It was a beautiful experience to say it, you know. And, um, and there is where we go from, as far as my sense of it. How do we extend invitations into participating in the expression of such questions mm. and the receiving of such questions. Yeah. It seems, oh, it seems like there's, there's almost like a, a bit of a mist in the air and a bit of a fog um, that not only we need to kind of get through on an individual level, but also on a collective level. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a process that I, I think it, it all comes back to feeling. And when you speak about love, that's how you experience love, right? You feel into love 
you you allow for love to take over and you you move from that place and i think that ties back into meaning pretty well mm. what is it to defend love then mm. yeah to defend beauty we feel into it and accept mm. it then because you know this world it's not one that uh suckers don't Mm, it's difficult depends what you mean by sucker hey it's 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 hard to speak um with the kind of discernment i would like to right now given where we the moment we just shared together but if we take a few steps back and consider the nature of the system we live within and all its incentive structures um which have been let's make no mistake about it uh remarkably effective in well, many, many things. Um, and it would be unfair to say that these structures have only been effective in the way of dominance. Because truly there has been much growth. It seems to me that we are arriving at a point now where never before in history have so many people been seeking from the right place how to defend and accept and be for love. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy. And we're seeing it go in directions that are well <laughs> there is fog and the accepting of love and the feeling is is critical and then there's the thinking mm -hmm. then there's the thinking and this i want for a second just to play with us tying this to the notion of defense defending love hey because this thinking mind of ours it is um it is a part of us. It is a part of the world. Yeah. It is, it is to be treasured also, you know, it must serve the right things, you know, must not serve itself as separate entity must serve the whole. But it seems like there has been much of the world that has been built um, by the mind, by the thinking mind, as it optimizes the efficiency of certain sort of functions within certain sort of domains. And in response to that, it's been said many a time that the only response to that is of the heart. And it's like, well, yes, of course, we are and must be oriented by the heart. But like, I'm I feel as though here uh, I, I want to kind of be a bit, a uh, bit obscene almost with, with language, but would you place the pregnant mother of a child on the front lines of battle? If an enemy was upon you, it's like, no, you would not. I just mean that there is something to be said for strategy and paying attention to power structures in the language of power structures. 
the question is how to observe and attend to the games that are already being played and nevertheless to engage in a process that continues to have one's actions be oriented by a deeper service of the whole. And that is a very difficult tension to hold. It's a very difficult tension to hold. And if we explore it from more technical angles, I think we can make an interesting case that the over disposition toward one way or another thinking or feeling results in um, uh, different, but ultimately ending paths which do not value the totality and deepen and make possible the totality of all that could be. So it seems to me like if we wind all this back, this fog that we're moving through and all this available energy that right now more than ever, given what we're experiencing, is seeking to gather and form into something worthwhile, um, has to have an awful lot more critical thinking behind it. It's here where people like John Viveki, whose project, um, one of them, this really is a deep, a deep sage of our time comes. I think it's arguable to say from a way of way of presentation that will appear to many as, um, uh, Western flavored and thinking flavored, but he's a deep practitioner of, um, meditation and Tai Chi Chuan and, um, is a deep practitioner of the feeling based modalities of the East, let's say one of his projects is to bring the worlds of spirituality and science together. There's something to be said for that. Now, together in right relationship, not to fuse, but together in right relationship, eh? similar, maps onto what we're talking about here between very broadly this thinking and feeling and this breathing in and breathing out, um, this dialogical process, in fact, as well. Um, we all together, you know, our hearts and our minds will be challenged in this, in this process. Um, so... If I was to if I was to say something, you know, if I was to if I was to say something that comes from the depth of my own experience on just this matter, it's not possible, it seems to me, for a human being to be coming solely from a place of thinking or the mind. It might be very much overactive and they might be, let's say, straying from the path such that it will do great damage and that it would be a good thing if they were stopped these things happen, eh? But, but there is heart there, you know, heart is involved. It might be traumatized, might be chained, might be crying, but somewhere it's crying to come out. And so relating to those who have a predisposition toward a certain, certain kind of thinking, from a place like seeing the heart there, seeing, feeling into the heart there is really crucial. And then for those who have a disposition to be too, uh, I wouldn't say too, but, you know, to be um, 
on the side of heart first and thinking second. It's like to see and to value that heart and with slowness, with, you know, with subtlety, with care in a dance, begin to think. <laughs> we have to do both, you know? And so what conditions enable us to both think and feel? How can we bring both of these capacities together? This is, um, this to me is a question that's on the pulse of the kind of culture making that I think is very important to address. It's obviously a lot more complex, but just from this broad perspective, um, we have to open ourselves up to the fullness of the dispositions in the human psyche. That makes total sense. I, I've got something that I've been really wanted to add to this, and and it's it's an idea that comes from I guess my own background, and and it links to strangely enough creativity, and the idea that I had this I had this thought quite a while ago that creativity can solve any problem, and I really, really the more I think about it, the more I believe it. And it comes back to the idea of, I guess, almost like a coming together of people. And, you know, two minds are better than one, that kind of a thing. And and more than two are obviously, you know, you can get to different places together. And there's, you know, I, I like what you said about playing the game kind of on the, on the way that it's been set up now, you know, it's, there's certain structures in place and, and things, there's, I guess, kind of rules that need to be followed if um, effectual change is going to kind of come about and if we're going to reach this place and, and kind of work with this puzzle. And I feel like there's, there's almost like a, a sense of a building upon um, what has kind of previously been put together with you know, a coming together between that and, and a sense of openness and, and, and a sense of allowing kind of new directions to form and, and being open to other kind of perspectives. And, but there's really this, again, this, this idea of sitting with a puzzle for a while. And when we, when we talk about, I guess, ideas and how, how some of them are kind of come, come to be, I read this very skinny, but interesting book, um, back when, when I was in advertising quite a while ago. And that book was kind of how to reach certain insights, how to, come, how to bring new insights into being, I guess. And there's this strange connection that happens, and that's why you see throughout history, you know, different, different people on opposite sides of the world come up with kind of the same idea at once. And it's, it's the idea of working with a puzzle for a while and really filling up your mind with all different types of ideas and and thought and and uh, influences and um, input, I guess, and then hmm. stepping away for a moment, not for very long, but for a moment, and going and doing something else, like um, going for a run or speaking to a friend or uh, making a cup of tea, whatever it might be. 
and allowing mm-hmm. kind of this a natural process to take place of of the remixing of these old elements into something new, into something that wasn't previously there. All that was there was kind of the potential, the possibility for it. So it seems like if we can get enough people together with a similar intention and we can have enough of an of this kind of input coming in and or, or, or exploration taking place, put it all into a pot together, mix it all up, step away for a moment and see what happens. I feel like that's 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 kind of what comes to me. The linkage between mm-hmm. this kind of idea, insight generation generating process and and what you're talking about. Yeah, well there's uh, a lot of research to support exactly what you've just described there regarding the importance and value of breaking the frame up, you know, and reimagining, reimagining again, you know, often an example of a rock climber is used, you might be climbing up the rock wall and you get to a place of being stuck. You have to sort of separate, you have to reorient, step back and remap it. It's like the salience landscape that you'd created of what was relevant for you to then take that next step up with. It's like that thing's not quite working. So how do we step back, detach, you know, and then reattach? And so what you've what you've just um, outlined there is an uh, a usage of how individuals come to solve problems and how the brain comes to solve problems um, and applied that to a context of groups of people coming together, which I think is really beautiful. And so, yeah, um, there's a lot of interesting threads to follow when it comes to this kind of stuff. There are practices of transforming questions, collaborative inquiry. And well, after we have a crack at transforming some questions, what are we left with? Well, we left with the questions we created and what happens if we take a step back and come to reassess them again. And the idea is that the main part of solving problems is actually the right problem formulation. So we are often too quick, right? To jump to what the case is. And this speaks to a theme that's been part of our conversation and that you um, gestured to very nicely with this metaphor of the fog. Um, well, I mean, we have to engage in a certain kind of dialogical process, a back and forth process, a framing and reframing process with each other as we move forward, as we move at all. Yeah. Um, so something like this, the involvement of people in, um, practices, which transform questions and uh, attach to and then detach from particular ways of looking into certain problems. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the right, it's certainly, um, it strikes me as a, the right ingredient to in, include in a, in a larger recipe, but that, that one's got to be in there, no doubt about that. What else would you see being in that, in that cookbook? Just if you were to touch mm. on a few other points. 
Well, the desire to cook together, we, 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 we best not uh, skip out that as step one, you know. Um, there's something about the very belief, and, and in a way, this is as well something we've kind of spoken about. A, a thing I a sense from you is that you're deeply interested in how can we develop the skillfulness in coming into ourselves such that we can um, act more rightly in the world, you know, act with more integrity, make choices that are more effective, but where that effectiveness is ultimately grounded in something like love. How can we orient ourselves in a direction of more vitality? How can we orient from vitality? It's like, well, you know, part of the issue is that it depends how strategic we want to be here. It depends how, and it depends how much we want to talk about what's the kind of timescale, how many people we're talking about. We talk about from a real big macro perspective, there's a sense in which at the moment, a lot of people are responding to the fog of the moment by watching Netflix or something like that. You know, there's something that I can, uh, I've sort of been afforded this tool by the culture to basically just keep bouncing myself back and forth off this screen and never really look into the fog because it's kind of right next that's to me. That's interesting. And that's kind of like a bright light. It's almost... But it's almost so, as if that's an it's an important part of their process or or the whole process as well though. Um, that kind of needs I feel as though that needs to take place for the next step to come into play though, right? Or the next stage of whatever's going on. Yes, well that's 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 a very interesting point because what it speaks to for me is a and and here and here as well, I'm feeling we're we're getting to points that I I do want to discuss, but they are straying into the territory of um, be appropriate to discuss in another conversation. Mm, I, I understand. Uh, simply because if we were to start speaking about the dynamics of waking up, the dynamics of appropriate waking up that's something I want to want to treat with the appropriate amount of care. And I think it's a longer conversation. Let me see if I can say, let me see if I can say a couple of things because you do raise such an important point. Well, one thing that comes is that anyone who takes it upon themselves to desire to wake anyone up better be very, very careful. It seems like the impulse toward 
waking others up. Can itself in rather in insidious ways become fixed to a particular individual's structure of just what it is that person should be waking up into. That makes total sense. Almost as if that individual may not realize that they're in the middle of a process of transformation themselves and, and not by any means at the end point of such process. There is that. And then we also have the tension of, well, you know, there seems like, well, I can, I can certainly say there have been times I've been, um, Oh, it's a very interesting one. The essence, the essence of waking up. That's just something I I'm feeling a, a strong urge to be very careful, very, very careful with, with my words to talk about it. It really does get to the, it really does get to the heart of the matter. That language itself has become co-opted at the moment, very strongly, you know, um, you can wake up into a conspiracy. You can wake up into, into, love you can wake up into all manner of things and we are we are ripe for hijacking on that kind of line mm. the integral theorist again ken wilber speaks about the difference between um spiritual experience and spiritual intelligence and that there is a difference between waking up and growing up um and a difference then again between cleaning up and then showing up um but the kinds of experiences that are catalytic of coming into an expanded state of awareness regarding the nature of what is are different to the frameworks we use and signaling fundamentally signaling methodologies we use to communicate about the nature of what is and how we tend to the transformation of the signaling methodologies that we use to communicate about the nature of what is, is itself a measure of maturity, it seems to me, or growing up. How well are we stewards of the culture? Yeah, how well do we steward culture? And about these questions, it seems to me more and more that I am, as I said, both very much aware of the importance of addressing them appropriately um, and also sense that the creation of the context within which to approach these questions um, is itself uh, perhaps even perhaps even um, a question that must be held at the same time or maybe even in some sense slightly prior I'm not sure about the ordering, perhaps at the same time. Point is for a further conversation. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're going with this. Um, I, I just want to, we will get into it, I guess, uh, at another time. 
I just want to kind of again remark on on how I don't know a lack of a better way of putting it. And there's something I've been playing with as well, the idea of interesting things. But I feel as though it is quite interesting when you look at what is happening at the moment and the 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 response within different individuals and the different responses um, and just kind of how it struck people in different ways and how things are shifting in different ways. And obviously, you know, we've all got a different um, viewpoint on that and a different kind of vantage point on what's going on um, and, and how that's affecting people. But I find it, I find it very interesting. And it's, I guess, a glimpse into, um, you know, what may be to come um, if we consider this as, as kind of one crisis, um, one, one, I guess, piece of a, of a crisis, um, as it seems many are kind of converging. So let's leave it for another time, but mm. I definitely, I definitely mm. can, um, I guess I can, all I can say is that it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I appreciate your reflections on that. And my sense is that you are inquiring in a very ripe and uh, appropriate direction. The fragmentation that we're experiencing is deeply problematic. Um, certainly when we look at the world stage, the US in particular, but more than the mere fragmentation of kind of ideology at the political level, the fragmentation of our, mm, of our trust, the fragmentation of our trust is, is deeply concerning and my sense is that ultimately where this goes where i i feel this is going in terms of how i myself feel called to and desire to participate in it which is to say participate in the orientation of it is towards the direction of collective art. It's towards the direction of collective art. Um, where art is a, where art is something like the, the, the application of a particular skillfulness um, imbued by the mm, soul so together to skillfully realize soul such that lights along the way can orient to something realized in vitality and with beauty which if it is of the soul of the psyche of this human nature 
will provide the reciprocity of connection at the soul level for those who would see it in such a way that's appropriate for them. What that art is, is it's not prestatable. It's to be realized together. It's to be created together. Um, there's a philosophical element to it. There's a philosophical art to it. Um, though it depends what we mean by philosophy. Um, but broadly, uh, philosophy as philia, sophia, the love of wisdom, the friendship, love of wisdom together. Yeah. An orientation toward deepening wisdom, wise participation in the world, um, integrous wise participation in the world. Those are the dynamics, the relationships, integrous relationships that aim at wisened participation in the world. This is what I am. I am orienting towards you know and we are orienting together towards uh seems to me yeah i i, I you, you might be going some other places too but can, <laughs> we can go at least in that broad general direction <laughs> I, I feel as though this would on one note i'm conscious of time and your time and and i feel like this might be a nice place to end it i've i've got some thoughts in relation to that um please and it seems to me there's there's a there's this coming back to the the light that we were discussing earlier and the fog and i've heard it even put as a mountain that we're all heading towards it seems to be this kind of as it moves as we as we take these steps and it shifts it's kind of shifting as well in part because of our steps and and there's this idea of kind of creation, creativity, art, something new that's constantly forming possibilities, potential, but as well as, and at the same time as um, what we're heading towards. So we're kind of creating what we're heading towards in a way, if that makes any sense. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're doing it whether we're being intentional about it or not, it's happening. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's interesting mm. when, we, if, if there's a way, I'm sure there is, that we could um, come together and, and do it together in a way that, you know, forms um, something that we don't know, like you said, what it's going to look like, but it is something that we form together in a way that, you know, we've done it from a place of love and we've done it not out of fear and um we've we've kind of or you know fear is useful as well but you know what i'm saying and and that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. to me i'm just yeah it's and it's interesting something you mentioned to me last time that really stuck with me last time like in our last conversation and that was each individual's uh form of of expression or form or or you know everyone's got a different color and a different brush stroke to add to this painting in their own way and that, mm. you know, adds to the beauty of it. 
and and that kind of connects with others in different ways and and just the just the idea of a collective collective um with with the separate parts or or the the not so separate parts working together you know people working together and adding their own individual bit in because everyone's kind of unique but we but together you know there's something about the togetherness there as well so that's what kind of yes. comes up. No, I hear you. Zach Stein calls something like this a unique self-symphony. Mm. A unique self-symphony. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, something else. So we are together attempting to cross the valley. The, the valley is where the fog is. You know, the mountains up ahead. And the thing is about human beings is that we are niche constructors. So we are, we create the reality that we then adapt to. We are in response, of course, to what is, it's not all, you know, we don't get to do it um, isolated from what can we say, the objective um, from what exists. We are, but there's a difference then between reality and existence again for another time but um we we are crossing valley crosses and there are many potentials yeah i hear you man it's been a real beautiful conversation um i've really appreciated it and i look forward to many more i feel the same Thank you for tuning into another episode. If you want to engage with Tim or if you want to check out some more of his art or his work, go to voiceclub.com. You can also visit Voicecraft. It's a podcast and there's also a YouTube channel with some really, really meaningful conversations that I'm sure you're going to love if you enjoy this one. Um, there's going to be more creative elements moving forward that I'm going to add into the show and I'm, I'm excited to share them with you. I guess this is, this is my own process of finding a way to help you guys come back to that state of stillness and to really take some meaningful action. Use your time and your energy in a way that is meaningful for you. So if you're enjoying what I'm putting out, then please consider subscribing so you don't miss any upcoming releases. And I will catch you in the next episode.